Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back. And as always, thanks for listening. So one time, a while back, I saw this bumper sticker. And it said, Jesus is the answer. Then underneath it, it said, now, what was the question? And I think that is probably a pretty good observation. Sometimes we get so tied up in church language that the world out there really they don't they don't understand the question they hear a lot of christians putting a lot of message out there uh and we use a lot of churchy language like saved uh, what you know born again and things like that um not that that sounds complicated but i'm just saying but the interesting thing is is uh, the message is this is do you know Jesus? But we never really clarify that. You know, because most people are thinking, you know, or people who don't have a relationship with Jesus are probably thinking, well, what do you mean? I mean, I've heard of him. Yeah, I think he's in the Bible someplace, right? You know, wouldn't he like a Jewish rabbi and he ran around, you know, teaching people and stuff? You know, he had some, had 12 dudes that followed him and everything was really cool. Uh, and that's uh, not to sound sacrilegious, but from a, uh, from a world standpoint, that's what people are hearing because we throw this church language at them. People have forgotten what the question is. Jesus is the answer. Yeah, well, I agree Jesus is the answer. The answer to what? Oh, the answer to everything. Well, the answer to everything. Wow, that's that's fantastic. So how does that work? I mean, so if I give you the quadratic equation, then, you're, then you can plug Jesus in there. Is that what you mean? You know, uh, if I... If my car breaks down, then I can just uh, write the name Jesus on it, and it'll, it'll just poof. All of a sudden, the car will fix itself. Is that what you're saying? I think it. I think it's on the believers to clarify what we're talking about. What are we talking about? So. To get more grassroots with it, all right. It really has to do with this because we say, you know, Jesus saves, and and we use that. That's kind of churchy still. And people are uh, saves what? Saves uh, money, stocks, uh, bonds. Uh, what's Jesus saving? I don't understand. 
and to be honest, it's almost like the church itself, believers, are scared to use certain certain words, which is sad, because free speech ought to be something that we have everywhere. And by that, I mean, you know, I don't want to go into the screaming fire in a crowded room type, type scenario, but I'm saying this. A open expression of ideas ought to be available everywhere. But here's the thing. The gospel, the word, and these are churchy languages too, the good news ought to be able to be expressed in any format. Now, again, good news? What do you mean? What, did I win the lottery? Is that the good news? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I had a uncle who came out of nowhere and left me a million dollars? Is that what you're talking about? So, getting back to the Jesus saves, it's hard to say and feel great about Jesus saves unless you know what you're being saved from. So, here's the thing. If someone is drowning and they're getting pulled out to sea and you scream out there, hey, do you want me to save you? That person understands what you're talking about. And they're going to yell, yes, I'm drowning, or yes, please, or something of that nature, if they're really in dire straits, right? If they're drowning, and they can scream yes, or help, they're going to do it. So, here's the thing. Most people... Don't know they're drowning. Now, some are definitely sure they're drowning, uh, but and there's quite a few people that don't know they're drowning. Why is that? Because of one word that that is the the kind of linchpin, the crux. It's the the bottom line, and that word is sin. Now, we don't like to use that word very much anymore. People, you know, you know sin's a three-letter word. Uh, why is that? Well, because it's associated with the church a lot, and in and, and churchy language, and it has a lot of real uh, connotative, denotative kind of definitions to it. You know, like, uh, for example, when somebody says, uh, you know, hey, are you a sinner? Uh, most people, or not most people, but many will gravitate to the worst thing they can think about, you know, a serial killer or something like that. Well, no, yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not that bad. But we do that and we miss the point. Because, 
sin, basically, is anything that God doesn't want us to do. That's what sin is. Now, how do you find out what God doesn't want, want you to do? Well, you find it out in the Bible. You find it out, and that's where the Word comes in, because for every believer, that is the Word. It's the place that we go to find out what God wants us to do. Now, pastors are supposed to help teach us to be more knowledgeable so that we can better understand what God wants us to do. what Bible teachers are supposed to do. Uh, lately, you don't see a lot of teaching going on. You see a whole lot of uh, motivational sermons, which motivational sermons are fine. That's not bad. But a steady diet of that is is really just going to get to the point where it's just not going to work for you. Why is that? Because... Because it's not because if you throw sugar out on the lawn, the lawn may may or may not grow that real good forever. It's probably going to get sick later. And if you give sugar to an animal long enough, it'll kill it. And that's basically what uh, a lot of unfortunate. Unfortunately, a lot of ministers do is they give you a steady diet of of, uh, of cream puffs and stuff, and they don't talk to you about the hard jazz. And if they don't, they're not helping because they're not equipping. They're not preparing. So, the thing is, in order to know if you're saved, you got to know what you're saved from. Okay, I'm saved from. Okay. Well, being saved from is this, is from sin. Now, sin, unfortunately, is a state that you go into. And it happens when you do one thing wrong. Now, there are people who would argue that you're born that way. That the world's corrupt and that you're born that way. And I'm not going to dive into that because that's the doctrine of original sin that came. Augustine kind of worked that out. St. Augustine, and there are a lot of purple people that hold that. But let's just say this. If you do one little thing, no matter how bad, I mean, you just, you know, one th bad thought, <laughs> it can doom you. Now, does that sound fair? Mm. Well, guess what? Unfortunately, we live in a world that's messed up and broken. Why is it messed up? It's messed up because, unfortunately, Adam made a bad decision. He made a really bad decision. He and Eve, both together, made a bad decision. Now, the good news is, and when we say good news, we're actually just saying, yeah, it's good news, is this. God made a way to take care of our sin problem, and that was Jesus. God himself came down and paid the price 
for that sin. So, see, here's the problem with sin. Sin is a poison like curare. It's super powerful. And just a little bit of it in your system will kill you permanently. It'll kill you physically, and it'll separate you from God and keep you away from Him forever. And that's pretty bad. So here's the thing. When Jesus came, He paid to have the cure. (laughs) Jesus is the answer because He's the cure to sin. He's a lot more than that. But the situation is that's what he did. He took care of the sin problem. So when we trust him and accept him and say, yes, I have this sin in me. I have this wrong in me. And we trust him and we give our lives over to him and say, I want to trust you and give myself to you. Then all of a sudden, how a relationship occurs because through the Spirit of God through the Spirit of God He saves you. What does He save you from? Death. Death. Not physical death, unfortunately, because again, this world, you know, and unfortunately everything our bodies are made out of is corrupted and it's going to die. But your spirit is reborn. That's why they use that, fan, that that churchy term, born again, because that's really what they're talking about. They're talking about your spirit is remade into something new. And then Jesus puts a spirit in you so that that relationship is signed, sealed, delivered. Now, what are you going to believe? In his death, burial, and resurrection. Last one, super important. Death, because look, we got several historical, you know, documents, including Josephus. If you don't want to listen to Josephus, okay, but um, who said, hey, he lived, and they're pretty convinced he died. Yes, and even Josephus, I think, said so. But the resurrection, yeah, and he did rise, and there's a ton of stuff out there for your examination. Josh McDowell, Lee Strobel, it's just the top of the iceberg. Those are the older guys. There's tons of new people. So, look at the stuff. Look at the info. Now, here's the kicker, and here's where, where churches fail sometimes. God's main reason for sending Jesus wasn't just to get you out of hell, because that's basically the, the the spiritual death when when you're separated from god it's not just a drove floating in space it's it's there's a punishment for that for being separated from god and yes that is a a place and there are theologians that argue is there fire or not i happen to be one of those people that believes yeah there is but let's just say it's horrific. Now, so you are spared that 
but it, but here's the kicker, and here's this where we fail. You're saved to something. It's not just to get you out of hell free. That is not the issue. We are saved to something. We are saved to be his servants, his brothers, his sisters, his family, and to have a relationship with God and to grow. In this growth process, we're supposed to spread God's power and love to other people. And let them know that he cares. That's why John 3.16 is probably one of the most known Bible verses. Because, you know, in the ESV, or is this ESV? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What does perish mean? That's the fire thing. That's the separation from God forever. That's really, really, really... That sucks. Forever. But it's... Part of the good news also is that God cares. God cares. If he didn't, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. Jesus would not have come if God did not care. God would have just blown this planet up in a million pieces, grabbed another planet, started over. Hey, you know, Jupiter looks pretty good. Mm, rework that. But, uh, but he didn't do that. So when you melt all that churchy language down, that's really what it's about. But the real important part is that we are saved to something. We have a purpose. Now, you might be, be saying, well, I don't understand what, what God's will for me is. I, I don't understand. Okay, I get it. But here's my question. If you don't know what God's specific will, you know, does God want me to be a fireman? Does God want me to be a doctor? Does God want me to be a lawyer? You know, what does God want me to be? Okay. I get it. You know, who does God want me to marry? Who, you know, who does God want me to date? I don't understand. You know, I'm trying to please God, and it's really stressing me out. Okay, well, well listen. Let me. First question I have in that situation is: Have you done what He said in the Scripture yet? Are you praying? Are you reading His Word and studying it? Are you listening? Are you going to church where you can hear a preacher help explain things? And you can get support from fellow believers, brothers and sisters, huh? Are you giving? Are you doing outreach? Are you giving? Are you trying to, to give of yourself, your time, your effort to other people? Because by doing that stuff first, that's the road to God explaining specifically what he's got for you. 
it's not that the will of God is some, you know, we, sometimes we act like the will of God is, is like some kind of carrot, you know, where we just about reach out and then God yanks it out of the way, you know, just to get his jollies. Ah, yeah, here's my will, here's my will, here, ah, you missed it again, ah. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not God. That's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is not the God of the Bible. That is not the Father of Jesus. New. No. God wants you to know, and he wants to tell you, but you have to be ready to accept the information, and you can't get that way until you start doing what the Bible says. And what is that? That's prayer, and Bible study, and outreach. Yeah. And if you say, well, I don't know, that seems kind of you know, basic. Okay. All right. Then look at what Jesus did. God wants you to imitate him. God is a demonstrator. He is an actor. He, he is full of action. He wants you to follow him. Follow his example. And in that situation, phew, Jesus is the hold of God in bodily form. So, you can look at it and start there. Now, With that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on, alright? Because it's a marathon, not a, not, a, not a sprint. That's what the faith life is. But also, please don't forget to speak it out. To this edition of Speak It On. As always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.